Welcome, Math-Minded Teachers, to the Math-Minded Teachers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Skierski from RethinkMathTeacher.com, a podcast, website, series of online courses, and Facebook group dedicated to helping you reach all your students through quality instruction, differentiation, remediation, and effective classroom management. This is episode four, giving students immediate feedback. This episode is brought to you by my free online class called the Uncommon Teacher Challenge. This challenge will equip you with 10 effective teaching strategies that will help you reach all your students. And it comes with 10 resources that will help you with implementation. Check it out at rethinkmathteacher.com slash uncommon teacher challenge. So one time I walked into one of my teacher's classrooms because she had asked me to come do an observation on her. And she was doing stations, uh, not the kind of stations that we teach at RethinkMathTeacher.com, but stations where the students are all working on the same skill, just doing different um, tasks at each station. And so at one of these stations, the task was for the students to work on a worksheet. So as I circulated around the room, I made my way over to that group of students who were all working on the worksheet, and I checked their work. Now, the skill they were working on was long division with decimals, and the students were doing the division part right, but they were not getting the correct answer because they didn't know what to do with the decimal. The thing was, they had done about six or seven problems together, all of them, on their worksheets, and all of them had been done wrong. So instead of learning the skill that they were supposed to be working on, they were actually learning that skill the wrong way. Now, I've been an athletic coach for a long time, and those of us who are athletic coaches will tell you it's easier to teach someone the right way to do something the first time than to have them come having already established a bad habit, and then you try to unteach it and then reteach it the new way. But that's what was happening in this classroom. These students were – their bad habit of solving the problem the wrong way was being practiced over and over again, and they weren't learning from their mistakes or they weren't being reinforced on the correct way way to do it. Vince Lombardi, the famous uh, football coach, he once said, practice does not make perfect, it makes permanent. Only perfect practice makes perfect. So if you practice something the wrong way over and over again, you will learn that wrong way in your mind. That's what you will naturally do, even though it's wrong. So you have to practice things the right way. And the problem is, we're assigning our students work, but we're not giving them the immediate feedback so they don't know that they're practicing it the wrong way. See, when you're given immediate feedback, you know if you did the problem right or if you did it wrong. If you did it wrong, you can learn from your mistakes, and if you did it right, you gain confidence. The immediate feedback component is very important. So a lot of us are familiar with John Hattie's famous book published in 2009 called Visible Learning, in which he looked at thousands and thousands, actually tens of thousands of research studies to analyze best teaching practices. And the one that he found was the most effective was immediate feedback. So that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode, why we give our students immediate feedback and how to do it. So think about a recent time where you had to learn a new skill, and it could have been anything. It doesn't have to be academic, but think through what that process looks like. First, someone models the correct way for you. 
Now that could be reading a book about it or watching a video on YouTube or having a teacher show it to you, but you have to be shown the correct way to do whatever skill you're trying to learn. Then you practice it and you compare what you just did to the way that you were shown how to do it, or you check to see if you're doing it right. For example, if you're learning how to play a guitar, you are shown the finger positions for the chord you're trying to play, and then you strum it, and then you check to see if it sounds right. And if it doesn't, you go back and you evaluate your finger positions, trying to figure out if they're correct. Recently, um, I had to learn some new math skills for my certification. And so I would go online and I would watch a tutorial and then I would go to a practice website and I would practice it. And if I got it wrong, that forced me to go back and re-examine the methods being taught. And then I would check it against the work I had just done to see where my error was. See, knowing that I had done the problem incorrectly, though it was frustrating, it allowed me to learn from my mistakes. In the same way, if I got the problem right, that gave me confidence, and then I moved on to the next problem knowing that I had done it correctly and I was more likely to get the next one right. And as my confidence built, I was able to master the skill. Your students are the same way. We need to be providing them immediate feedback. So I want you to think through how you assign practice problems in your class. Are you giving the students the immediate feedback that they need? And when they're just learning the new skill, the immediate feedback needs to be very immediate, like after every problem. Whereas if you've been doing the skill for a while, then you can give it with a little bit more space in between the practice problems. But too often I'm seeing teachers spend the majority of their lesson teaching the skill and modeling it, and then they give the students the independent practice for homework. So the students never had an opportunity to practice it in class with the immediate feedback. So they're taking the problems home and they're not going to be getting the immediate feedback. In fact, they're not even gonna get it till the next day if you go over the answers the next day. And sometimes we don't, or sometimes the student isn't there the next day. So it will take even longer for that immediate feedback. A better strategy is to give the students time in class to practice while giving them immediate feedback or to provide a way for them to get that immediate feedback when they go home. But we'll discuss that in just a second. So after you're done teaching the skill that you're working on for the first time, I recommend you assign one or two problems, have the students practice it, and then give them the feedback. After you've given the feedback, then you can go over the process so they can learn from their mistakes and then do it again. Assign just a few problems with that immediate feedback component. So that's called whole group review, and that is a good way to provide immediate feedback at the beginning when you're first teaching a skill to the entire class. So think through some other ways that you can provide immediate feedback. Now, sometimes I've given my students a problem and then I have them check it with their neighbor, but I don't want that to be the only form of feedback they're getting because what if both of them got it wrong? Then they're not being benefited from that practice. So while it's not a terrible practice, it's not a good way necessarily to give the immediate feedback. One thing I do to give immediate feedback uh, when my students are doing independent practice, even if this is at home or in the classroom, is I provide the answers or the answer sheets, or in some cases, calculators so that they can get the answers. Now, the objection I often get to that is, 
well, they're going to cheat. And that's true. Uh, the students will cheat. You know, there's no getting around that. As human beings, we like to take shortcuts, and some of us uh, like to skip steps. And there's a way around that, and that's back to what we were talking in the previous episode about learning stations and making the students demonstrate mastery before you uh, accelerate them to the next skill. So if they're cheating on all the independent practice and they're not learning it, because they don't, they can't pass the quiz that you give after, at the end. Then you make them repeat it, and that's when that is eventually going to show its head. Um, another thing that you should be doing to curtail the cheating is just talking about it. You know, I've, I'm always upfront and honest with my kids. I'm giving you the answers. I encourage you not to cheat. It's not going to benefit you. You're still going to, you know, you're going to get the right answers anyways. But if you will do the work and then check your answers, you can learn from this and. You know, that does take time for the students to buy into, but I would rather have a few kids cheating. Well, I don't want them cheating, but that is a risk I'm willing to take because I want them to have that immediate feedback. And so answer sheets are one way to do that. Another way is if you have the technology in the classroom, there are a lot of online um, web pages now or resources where you can give students problems. They can type in their answer and get the immediate feedback. Two famous ones are Khan Academy, which is free, and IXL, which is a paid subscription plan. So there's one more benefit to giving immediate feedback that I want to touch on, and we've been talking about that in these last couple podcasts, is that when you give students immediate feedback, not only are you allowing them to learn from their mistakes or gain confidence from their correct answers, but this also is another way that we can avoid penalizing them for their failure. Because naturally, if they're getting the immediate feedback, then they can correct it and then they don't have the wrong answer on their paper. And then they're not being penalized from their failure. We're using that as a learning opportunity. And this, again, will help them gain confidence and learn from their mistakes. It will also help them um, have the confidence to experiment and try different processes to get this the to arrive at the correct answer. A lot of students are afraid to experiment or wrestle with a problem or try different um, the procedure because if they get it wrong, there's a penalty. And so school has a way of discouraging experimentation and trial. Um, but it shouldn't be. That's part of the learning process. Failure and, and trying new methods, those are all how we learn things and how we come to a greater understanding. And so again, when you provide that immediate feedback, that's going to lend itself to that to not penalizing students and to them having better sentiments towards class, being braver, having confidence, all those things. So I want to wrap this podcast up up with challenging you, how are you going to provide students with that immediate feedback? And one of the struggles you're going to run into is that if you're giving everybody this immediate feedback, they're naturally going to start spreading out in the amount of time that it's taking them to finish the assignment or to master the concept. And so your students who are really strong or quick learners, they're going to be getting everything right. They're going to be checking it. They got it. And then they're going to be ready to move on. While your students who take longer to master a concept, well, they're going to get a lot less done in class because they're going to get one problem. They're going to finish one problem. They're going to check the work, see that they did it wrong. They're going to have to go back and relook at it. It's going to take them a while. So how are you going to accommodate those students who are stronger and quicker so they're not needing all the time? Again, I get this done through my skills-based learning stations. 
I build a skill, a stage, a learning station for each skill, and then I put the students in the station of the skill that they need work on. And so my stronger students who move more quickly, I can just accelerate them to the next skill. And um, then they're not being penalized for moving faster. And I'm not just wasting their time by having them going and working with somebody or, or some other meaningless task. Now, I will have them go work with other students from time to time. I think that's beneficial. But that's not their only thing. They still have an opportunity to learn and to progress. And, you know, for my public school teachers who get evaluated based on learning gains, a lot of us struggle getting learning gains out of those really high-performing students because they're moving so much faster than the class. But when you have your skills-based learning stations in place, now you can get learning gains out of them because they can go through a, a larger portion of the curriculum than the rest of the class can or than they would had I been doing whole group pacing. So again, I really encourage you, check out Learning Stations. Go to the website, rethinkmathteacher.com slash learning stations. I have three resources there that will help you. A free cheat sheet that's got links to different articles that will help you if uh, you want to start building those or, or implementing them. That's a free resource. There is the book, Reach Them All, and then my online course, How to Create and Implement Learning Stations. You can find all of that out on that website. But again... This, this uh, episode is brought to you by the Uncommon Teacher Challenge. So I do also want to encourage you, I'm telling you to go to two places and sorry, but this episode is sponsored by the RethinkMathTeacher.com slash Uncommon Teacher Challenge. Again, uh, Uncommon hyphen Teacher hyphen Challenge. All right, that's it. I really hope you guys start evaluating how you're giving immediate feedback. It is very important that you're doing that for your students to help them master the concepts being taught. All right, I hope to see you guys in the next episode.